This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I'm going to continue this morning um, with the blessed family. And it may, it may have been sounding like I'm just talking about marriage, but actually last week we did talk about communication. All these things you can pick up on. Uh, in every aspect, because I am going to touch on marriage again. I, I'll explain why. It's because I was going to talk about the needs of every child, what they have to have. And the Lord stopped me and said, until the authority in the home gets it right, the children aren't. So I'm going to talk about what the needs of the husband and needs of the wife are. Now, if you're single, and some of you that are single said you're, you're getting stuff out of this message, and I believe the Word of God is the Word of God. These principles work whether you're single, married. There's aspects of it that you can get on, get, uh, latch on to. Now, if you are single, let me say this. You can be happy and fulfilled single because everything that the husband and wife uh, get from each other, you can get from the Lord. Now, last time I checked... There was a particular special person who was single named Jesus, and he was fulfilled. I think we all can agree that he was fulfilled, lived a fulfilled life. Paul, one of our uh, great heroes of faith, was single. And when you read scriptures, it says he was single and happy. He was happy about it. So don't uh, feel like you're less because you're single. You're not. And besides, we all are a part of the family of God. You're part of the Harvest family. So no one is alone. We have each other and we're family. Why don't you just tap your person beside you and say, you're family. So we're going, we're going to look at these, these needs and let uh, minister you. The top three needs of a, a husband. The first one's respect. And it's a great book uh, called Love and Respect. I really uh, recommend you can get this on Right Now Media uh, and, and watch. It, it really puts all this into a, a, a great uh, clarification. It really simplifies it where you can walk with it. But... Uh, Men need respect. This is not something that they want or, or desire. This is a need. Say need. This is a need that men have. Now, for example, when me, men meet for the first time, for some place in that conversation, usually within the first few minutes, they'll say, what do you do? And that's a common place. It's a natural thing for a man to ask, what do you do? Because many times we find our identity in the things that we do. Now, we know our identity is more than that. It's not what we do, per se. But it's a natural part of man because man has within it a God-given drive to be productive, to be successful, to be making progress. So you find that men who maybe have lost their job, it's a dangerous time for a man to be without work for an extended period of time because it's such a deep part of him on the inside that he can start getting depressed and oppression can come on him. 
And, and that's when, if you're married, the wife really needs to uplift and encourage and come alongside and be that, that cheerleader, be that one saying, it, it's going to be okay, you're going to get this job. Because it goes against the eternal clock of what God's made him to be on the inside. That's the reason some of the most miserable people are those that are just getting along, not really being productive in life. We're made to be productive. We're made to be people always progressing and and moving forward with our life. Now, women are different. They connect on a more relational uh, level. You know, you might meet uh, women and they might go, oh, that blouse is so nice. Or... Your, your hair just looks great. Now, I've never had a man speak that to me. And I'm good with that. But see, it's a whole different ball game because men and women, as we talked about, communicate differently. And we need to have that understanding. But men, we, we ask what we do. Because that is something God's put within us. True success doesn't come because a man is rich and famous. But true success is found in our faithfulness to obey God and do what he's called us to do. Now here's the thing, ladies. The place that a man needs respect from the most is from his wife. No other person has the effect on him than the the wife. If the wife does not respect the husband, it does something on the inside of him that's hard to recover from. He can get, in fact, that's the reason many affairs can happen to men. They're looking for a need within them for respect. And if they don't get respect at home, they can find respect somewhere else. And the next thing you know, they're into a fair, and the whole thing's going down the tubes. So, ladies, you, you need to give him respect. It doesn't mean that he's, he's perfect. No one is. He may not be doing things the way that you uh, see in Scripture, you know. But when you give him respect, even when he knows deep down he doesn't deserve it, when you still give him respect, what happens? A love develops on the inside of him even when he knows he's blown it he's not being what he in his own mind should be doing or fulfilling so you have a a chance to really develop that love between the two of you when you show him respect when you show him respect Let me tell you, he's ready to climb the highest mountain, swim the deepest ocean. He's ready to do anything for you. It's almost not fair. Once ladies learn this this secret, that's not a secret since I'm blabbing it. (laughs) Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Talk about the submission thing. Submission is not that the man is a dictator, he's dominant. You're going to do everything uh, I say or the husband says. 
That's, that's not what this thing is about. Submission is really more of an attitude. It's, it's more of a, uh, a place of being humble. It's not a place that whatever he says, you got to jump, you got to do it, you know, jump out high. And it's not, it's not about that. It's, it's being uh, submissive. Or, and, and when you break down the word and you look at it, it means to come under mission. And what it's talking about, your partners together as joint heirs of the grace of God walking in this life. And you're the partner together walking under the mission that God has given the husband and wife team together to accomplish. That's what it's about. And as you humble yourself, you bring that respect, you bring that honor, what happens is the thing's in order. And God starts releasing and flowing through the family, and it affects the children. See, if it's out of order, the children pick up on it. Even if the disrespect is behind closed doors, they pick up on it, and the thing is not going to work. The children will not get what they need to get and they wind up suffering, and they wind up being damaged by this. The wife is, is called to do that. Now, here's the thing. The husband's the leader. And it's easy if he leads, as Christ leads the church, it's easy for the wife to submit to a man who is leading as Christ leads the church. So... What it means, guys, we have to put on our big boy pants and rise up and start leading because she's looking for a leader. Lead something. Make a decision. And lead. It doesn't mean that you're not getting her input. We talked about she has a God-given wisdom to see things you don't see. So it's a team that we, we flow in Together. The key is for the man to lead like Jesus does the church. And then you start thinking about that. How does Jesus lead the church? Through servanthood, servant leadership. When Jesus washed their feet, he was a servant. The greatest in the kingdom is the servant of all. Who's the greatest in the kingdom? Jesus. And he was servant of all. So the husband is the leader in serving. He's the leader to his family. And I, I put down here, I've already mentioned it, but a man's greatest need is for his wife to respect him even when he misses it. And that will give him strength. Allow him to fail. And you have to do that. Because he's going to, he's going to mess up. But you still show respect and say you're going to make it. You, you support him. You say the right things to encourage and strengthen him. Cover his faults and weaknesses. Don't go around spreading all his faults and weaknesses. Because that undermines the team. That undermines, it'd be like uh, being on the Grizzlies team and, and you meet with your uh, friend who place for San Antonio Spurs and say, look, my friend Mark Gasol, he cannot go to the left. All you got to do is push him to the left and hit him in his knee as hard as you can. It's undermining the team. 
And Mark Gonzalez can go to his left and his right, by the way. So, now it doesn't mean that you don't have, uh, you know, pastors, counselors that you can talk to, of course. I'm not talking about that. But uh, people that you can trust not to spread things around. Because you're on the same side and you need to allow him uh, to fail. You need to cover his faults. Honor him where you want him to be, not where he is. Where do you want him to be? Respect him to that place. Honor him to that place. And he will rise up to that place. Now, most women will submit when the man's leading. He's, he's rising. He's doing what he can to, to come into that place. It's a process. Covering his faults, laying fail, and, and still respecting him. And, but probably 99% of the time I see when the, the man is, is doing that, the wife is in submission. There's like 1% that it doesn't matter what the man's doing, she's going her way. But most of the time, everything will fall into place the way it should be. The second need of a man's companionship. And uh, man, need, he needs to connect. And the wife should be the best friend, period. The best friend for the husband should be the wife. If that is not the case, you need to work on your friendship. You need to work all your life in making sure you're best friends. And I'm not saying you don't have other friends. I'm just saying your best friend should be your spouse. That should be the one that you can be yourself, that you can open up to, and you know you're covered. Your faults are covered. Your weaknesses are covered. There's love. There's support. There's encouragement. There's peace. There's strength. There's edification. You're building each other up because you're on the same team. And when you do that, God's grace comes, his enablement, his empowerment to cause you to rise to a new level. God is a good God, and he will honor your commitment to do what his word says. And someone said, amen. amen. That companionship and, you know... Um, I talked about affairs early, but the same thing can happen, that companionship. You know, a man's out and he's, he's getting some compliments or he's being respected and maybe this person likes, enjoys doing the same things. You have to find out uh, what you like to do and you have to compromise and do those things. And like Ella and I, we like drinking coffee since she converted me a few years back, said she had to drink alone. Because I didn't drink coffee. And I think she was praying about it because all of a sudden I had this desire to drink coffee. So now I'm a coffee drinker. And I enjoy my coffee. Now I, I'm one of those that has to put the creamer in. And I, don't tell me you're one of those black, natural, purest coffee drinkers. I'm not there yet. I have to doctor mine stuff. And this morning, by the way, Ellen told me, hey, we're out of creamer. So I have not had my daily dose today. So it's no telling what I'll do. No. <laughs> but anyway, it awaits me after I go to the store and get some creamer. But we enjoy doing that and going for rides and just sharing and talking. She likes doing projects and I 
say, great. I get her to paint, let her do projects. And... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm serious. She's doing a project now, and uh, she'll call me when she needs, uh, she's doing some painting, and when she needs some help with some areas, I'll come and do that and go back and do my thing. It's wonderful. You know, I support her fully in it. She'll, she knows I, I like to go to movies, so she'll go to movies with me. You, you compromise, you enjoy each other, and that's companionship. And we need that. We need to be best friends. We need to walk together. And that's something that, that men need to have. Number three is, is sex, and this is something that's important to men. I'm not saying it's not uh, a need for women too, but it's completely different usually for most men and women. And, and, and let me just uh, say this, that women like affection. They, they like touch. It doesn't have to be a, a sexual thing. They're, they want to be uh, given attention to and, feel, and feeling close. Let me uh, tell you about this. It's interesting. Well, a woman experiences sexual intimacy. A, a chemical is actually released, and it, it bathes her, her brain, and it's actually a bonding chemical. And what this, this thing, when it bathes the, the brain, she is then connected mentally in the soul realm, emotionally. She is tied to that person. She is bound, uh, connected to them. And the same thing, uh, hormones released when in breastfeeding, uh, it's uh, when the the baby is born, this, this same hormone's released. And what happens, the mom is connected and bonded to that baby. Bonded even when that baby wakes her up at 2 o'clock in the morning, uh, the sacrifice and the price is paid. She is bonded emotionally and, and soulishly and mentally. In every year, she's connected to that baby. Now, you see why it's important God said not to have sex outside of marriage because of that bonding that takes place. Now you understand why some women will stay with a man who's abusive, violent, doing these things that, you know, just harsh and, and wrong, but she'll stay with him. Why? Because of that chemical bond that is released and she's bonded to him. She'll say, I love him even though she's treated rotten. Now men, they have a chemical also, and it's, it also is a bonding thing, but this chemical affects them different. It's a different hormone, and what it does when you have sexual uh, intimacy, it causes him to want to repeat the sexual activity. No joke. <laughs> it's its truth. So he has sex and he wants to again because this hormone is saying, repeat the activity. All right, man, calm yourself. So, so what happens here, you see why a man can leave a woman and go off and have another woman because the bond is, is different. That's the reason God said 
to be joined together taking vows before a holy God where the Holy Spirit can get involved in your marriage. And he, when you get married before a holy God, it says that he officiates. I know we have uh, the person, the pastor or minister that officiates here in the natural, but it says that he actually comes down and views the ceremony and he makes two become one. So he connects them spiritually with the strongest bond that there is. So you see the danger is a lot of people who are together who should not even be together, but they, we talked about that, that fire that God put on the inside of Adam and Eve. If it's expressed outside of the fireplace, you can burn down everything and you can find yourself with the wrong person. But see, when it's inside the boundaries of marriage, it's in the fireplace, and it's good. God created sex, and it is good, but it's for marriage because you can see just chemically, just from hormones, the reason he wants to protect us. And we have so many people living outside of marriage in our day and time, especially but what they're doing, the Bible says, it warns against us in Proverbs and says, you're actually walking that lust that you will burn. And it says, leave the immoral person and walk with God. Let me read it. Read it to you. Uh, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual immoral. It's heavy duty, but there's actually uh, a judgment because you're going against the word of God and bringing death into your relationship. And who suffers? If you have kids. Because there is an act of rebellion in your life against God and kids will take whatever you have and magnify it and grow in it. So there's a lot of people, why are my kids suffering? Why? Well, maybe you need to look at yourself and get in, the, in order. Repent and get right before God. Because it's, it's a serious thing. We want our kids to be blessed. Marriage is the only relationship ordained by God to be united on three levels, spirit, soul, and body. No unbeliever can have a marriage like a believer because our spirits are joined Spirit, soul, and body. Now, the soul realm, we know that that's a, where we're ever learning about each other. In 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 4, it says, Now regarding the questions you asked in the letter, yes, it's good to live a celibate life, but because there's so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, each woman should have her own husband, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs, the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to the wife. Spirit, soul, and body connection is what the marriage union is about. Let's look at the top three needs quickly of a, of a woman. The first is security. Number one need of a woman 
is security. She wants to know that her husband's going to love her, accept her, watch over her, care for her, support her, provide for her, be there with her children. A woman gets uh, blessed when she sees you spending time with the kids and taking care of the kids where she can have some rest. (laughs) She wants to know that no matter what, even if she has a bad day, bad week, bad month, that your love and your support is there for her no matter what. That's what she needs. It's security. Something interesting, um, my youngest son got married this past November, and uh, the, the minister that did the ceremony, I thought this was really neat, he was uh, speaking to Joshua and said, uh, I want you to look at Jenna, his, his wife, said, look at, uh, look at her, and I want you to know that you're to love her at all times. Now, this is one of her good days. But she needs you to love her when she has the worst of days, the bad days, when things aren't going right, you're to love her. Well, that's scriptural because we're to love the wife as Christ loves the church. And that love is agape love, which we know is the unconditional love of God. It doesn't, it's not according to uh, performance. It's not according to how uh, attractive you are, no matter what you know, Hollywood tells us. It's just based on you're there and I love you and I'm committed totally to you. That's the kind of love that she needs and it brings security. It brings peace to her. She knows that her man's going to be there for her no matter what. And it brings the peace of God. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the best of husbands. Well, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He will. If you're doing what the Word, you're trying to do what God says to do, He will help you in it. Well, I just don't know if I am or not. Well, ask her. Ellen, how am I taking care of you? She's dying here right now. Let's give an example. I haven't lost it. You know. how, how do you feel I'm taking care of you? Now, if you know my wife, she will... You know, now, guys, you got to be ready for it. You might disagree with the answer. Well, I thought I was doing pretty good. I guess I need to work on them more. <laughs> but you just ask. You know what? She'll be blessed that you asked. So it's not just a, a material thing. It's, it's, she wants you to be that emotional support, physical protection, financial provisions, good days, bad days. She wants you to be a leader. Ephesians 5.25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word so that agape love. The husband and father is to lay down his life for his, his family. How did Jesus love? He gave his life. He gave his life. It's, it, actually, it's talking about sacrifice. The man is to sacrifice for his wife and his children 
for his family. He's called to sacrifice. She's having a, a bad day and you're wanting to rise. No, you die to your opinion and what you think. And say, I love you. You rise up and you sacrifice. When someone has to run to the store at midnight because there's a need, you raise your hand and say, I volunteer. You don't say, I need you to go, baby. I'm sleepy. Well, she is too. But you sacrifice. You, you show the way. You're the example to your family of God's love. Not perfect, but just walking in this, just growing, just processing it. So this love speaks of sacrifice. Husband and the father, lay down your life. And in the Hebrew, we talk about word pictures. But the word picture you get from father, it's actually two letters. Uh, it's an uh, ox and its family. Ox represent, of course, you know, an animal that was easily uh, brought into submission, easily led by a hard worker that would sacrifice. And that speaks of, of how, and this is the same word that's used for Father God, actually. But when you put this together, it's talking about the first strong leader. The first strong leader. The ox able to submit, and we submit to God, men. We submit to God. We're easily submissive to Him, and we're easily led by the Holy Spirit. And we do the hard work, the heavy lifting. We're the first strong leader in the family, and God will give you that leadership anointing that will bring her peace and security. He will give you that thing that you really want on the inside of you because, men, every time we see an action movie, we're always the hero. We're not the villain. We're not the, the third in command. We're the chief captain. We're the guy. We're the man, and you can be the man. You can be the guy for your family. And it's one family at a time that the body of Christ rises up and will be strong in the earth. You're the man. Act like it, because you are. Be who you are. And the Holy Spirit will help us to be that man. The picture we have here is a life of sacrifice for the good of his family. The ox is submissive, easily led. The husband leads in the strength of the Lord. It's not in our strength. We follow his strength. So the wife has security. Number two, communication. Men must realize that she needs to talk, and she needs to talk some details, and she needs to give it. And you got to be given listening ear. you got to know when she wants a solution, when she doesn't. I find that most times she doesn't want a solution. She just wants to talk. Just wants to let it out, whatever it is. And you have to understand that's the way. This is not a want of her. This is a need. All these are needs. She is built to need this time to talk. And she'll talk, give details. Don't stop and interrupt her and say, this is all you got to do. And the conversation's over. No. You talk and listen and listen to her. When you communicate and listen to her, it shows that you care for her. It gives her peace and, and builds on that security again. A husband must share his admiration and love for his wife. She needs to hear that you love her often. It's not a want. It's a need. 
it's a need that she has that type of communication that you tell her you love her often. So you tell her that. And it starts doing something. It gives strength to her and builds her up on the inside. You need to tell her that you're, that you're beautiful. You need to tell her she needs to hear those things. And don't use sarcasm. You know, you're beautiful when you lose 10 more pounds. No. No. She is beautiful. And you need to tell her she's beautiful. You need to compliment her. And don't just compliment her uh, on Mother's Day. Compliment her, her cooking. Compliment her heart. Compliment uh, her mind. Compliment her character. Compliment her. She needs compliments. And see, when you do that, the time where maybe it's a place you need to bring some correction or where there's been some displeasure and you're able to speak, well, you've got money in the bank. And she knows you love her. And she'll receive. And you can have open dialogue. And you can, you can talk about the situation, the way maybe this made you feel or, you know, whatever it is. You can talk because the love's been there. And there's peace and there's security in her. So she needs that. that uh, she needs flowers. She needs cards. Find out what she likes. Get it for her. Don't wait. You want, really want to bless her? Get it on a time when it's not Mother's Day, Christmas, birthday. Get, hit some other times. It will bless her that you're thinking about her. Number three is leadership. I'm going to close quick because we've been talking about this. But um, a godly husband and father produces confidence and security in her. It really does. When you're leading, you're following what God has said. It brings confidence. It brings security in her. And like I said, man, it's not doing things uh, in your own strength. It's doing it in his strength. And it's in asking the Holy Spirit to help you be who he's created you to be. The Holy Spirit will help you. We just need to ask. And when you do this, when you're meeting each other's needs, then you're in a position to really meet those needs and there are needs that your children have to have to grow up with the right values, the right character. But let me just tell you, the husband and wife have to be on the same team. They have to be together in this thing. And they have to be meeting each other's needs. And then the authority that the children are looking up to is in order and in a strong place. And they'll want to follow those values, that direction. They'll want that peace. They'll want that, those things. It's kind of like you cannot give your children something you don't have. You can't produce in them something that you don't have. A lot of things in family is, I believe, caught more than taught. Caught because they see your example. Maybe more than what you say. You say you, you love the Lord, but they never see you open the Bible. They never hear you pray. You don't pray for them. And they're going to go by that. They, they notice. They pick up and they, they see things. Let's, let's stand up. Let's, let's lift our hands for a second. Let's... Let's say this, Holy Spirit, minister to me 
exactly what you created me to be. I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a blessed single. I want to do things your way. I want to obey you. I want to please you. Holy Spirit, help me. Show me the way. Strengthen me. Minister to me. I open my heart. I open myself to fully your ministry in my life. And I thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to do it. Now, with no one looking around, quickly, anyone in this place that's never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, this is the most important decision that you can make of your life. What will you do with Jesus Christ? He died on the cross. He took your sin. You can be, even as we sang this morning, have the blood applied to your life and have your sins washed away. It's no longer held against you because the blood is so powerful that it cleanses every place you've ever missed it. Every sin, every wrong thought, every wrong action, every wrong intention, every wrong motive is under the blood and you're forgiven. All you have to do is call upon his name. All those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You give your heart to him. So if you mean that this morning, you want to make that decision with no one looking around. Will you lift up your hand and just say, that's me? Yes, I see that. Anyone else? Yes, see that hand. Thank you, Lord. And that hand. Anyone else? Thank you, Lord, for all these coming to Jesus this morning. Let's say this together. Say, dear God, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you that he suffered and died. He showed me love like no one else ever has he loved me unconditionally and I receive that love right now I received that the price was paid for me that he went to the cross and died for me I love you Lord I receive you as Lord and Savior right now in Jesus name I belong to you I'm yours forever and ever in Jesus name and everyone said, Amen. Let's give God praise. Let's worship the Lord. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662 890 one five seven three or toll free at eight six six three eight three eight two seven seven.